right? I, and I'm telling you right now, if they don't do a Paladin right, I'm going as filthy and as dirty as it gets. Well, maybe I would have think your first answer would be, I'm going to give them feedback <laughs> to align them. You're like, they go wrong. I'm going full dark side. <laughs> Wait a minute. This feels like somebody's looking for an excuse for dark side. Just saying. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Samorg. I am joined today by our returning, that's right, Pathfinders. Welcome back. You're Ashen Herald, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. And also, welcome back, everyone's favorite cult leader, Armored Cell. <laughs> Greetings. He's got me stood up behind him, dressed up like a magi right now. Just saying. But um, yeah. Anyway, before we dig in, we uh, got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast, AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch and over on YouTube. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Uh, speaking of this week, if you want to show us uh, a little bit of love, do us a solid um, in regard to the show, you can go over to our pinned post over on at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. And right there at the top, you see all the podcast places. Um, go over to like iTunes. You can leave a comment there. Leave us five stars. You can go to shoot some stars at us over on any of the other platforms if you so please. It would greatly appreciate it. And if you leave a comment somewhere, we will leave or read that here live on the show. Um, we've got... A good number of things to talk about today. We've got one thing in particular um, that I want to talk about that is piggybacking off of the last show. But uh, this show today predominantly is going to be focused around combat theories. And, and more specifically, I know I talked about last time, we we're going to piggyback off of the idea of class identity um, and then look at some of the... Uh, the archetypes and the the class combinations that you get from augmentation and ashes of creation. But gentlemen, why don't we catch up a little bit? How the hell you been doing since last week? Uh, how's the life treating you? What's been new in your neck of the woods, such as it is? Well, I'm still spending a few of the days this week getting over some crud from oh. my trip overseas and some jet lag. But there was some brightness this week. My girlfriend and I dug sunk our teeth into as it were v rising and it's yeah. it's been good the fang banging is real so it's all good <laughs> yeah it's, yeah it's been fun get, getting back into it they've added a lot of new stuff here that's like really fun and and i really love what they've done with the castle stuff where um yeah. just some subtle things where you can finally use like the metric you know ass ton of plant fiber for something useful i know yeah just filling up inventory space but so yeah true. it's been uh it's been pretty uh pretty fun uh getting back into that finished grounded as well so it was oh, nice. it's been a productive gaming week nice dude nice and the sawdust too from the sawmill is like actually useful. yes i was like mm -hmm. okay yeah, cool make, paper. make paper and stuff yeah nice. for sure what about you armored cell i saw you had actually hopped on like one day or something too but i don't think you were in our yeah. server 
Yeah, no, I've, I've actually, when you guys wiped, I've actually hopped on now. Um, oh, nice. Level 41 gear level. Uh, nice. Got, That's where I'm got at. Destroyed by, I was trying to destroy the um, the lumberjack dude. I forgot what his name was, but anyway, oh, yeah. I was like nearly defeating him. Tristan showed up. Oh, and, like, no. Destroyed me. I was like, you bastard. Like, <laughs> I was way under level for Tristan. Way under level. And yeah. God damn. But no, I'm, I'm quite enjoying that. Um, I've noticed there's a few new things on there that I haven't seen before, like relics for your abilities and stuff. That's that's been new to me. Yeah, that's so, pretty cool. Like the gems or whatever you get. I don't know yeah, the heck. gems are pretty nice. Yeah. And the new, like I haven't gotten other than like the dash for the new storm set, but like even I think they mm. tweaked some of the other spells too. It's been actually pretty neat. And mm. oh, once you get the pistols, my friend, so ready those for are so fun. The little demon hunter. Yeah, we went nice. like we went um and we got the merciless pattern and then we nice. ended up killing Jade because she's like rolling by our house and like we just mm -hmm. wrecked her face. Right. Oh, that's so fun. Man. It's like you just have like your your normal shooting and then you have like what she does, which is like firing multiple mm -hmm. times. And then you have this charge shot that Man. when it hits somebody, it like will explode after a while. So Ooh, like nice. you, you see them on fire and then it does some a little mild AoE, but it wrecks bosses. That's sick. Yeah. And it was really good in the Raziel fight. I think it was the shepherd, right? The guy that puts down the lanterns. Yeah. All the guns was just decimating that. Oh, that That's was so awesome. Fun. Yeah, I'm like really stoked like, to play that game some more. I feel like range is really good. Like even like, I was struggling with the um, necromancer, but then mm -hmm. still like we got we got the merciless crossbow. And yeah. Yeah. The merciless stuff is really good. Yeah. The, at the iron level, it's like once you get that. It, you like you hit a wall until you get those and then it really makes yeah. things easier yeah so we've all been playing some v rising if y'all can't tell um i'm pretty pretty excited about the updates to the game they've added some new like you know v blood bosses i i went and actually got my, it was like friday i went and got my old castle in that area tucked away over i think the silver foothills or whatever it's called played yeah, it silver light yeah i got the same place i had before so i'm gonna like they they changed the layout of that area which was really cool um map wise they actually put a bridge in front of where the, the domain of like your castle is that's like really cool so now i'm gonna do like a cool little like you know dress up for it and everything down the road but it's like nice to actually just kind of get the old stomping ground because i really like that particular spot um and it's gonna be nice to have something like that to jump into and play you know for a while again but this time it'll be for probably quite a while longer because Oh yeah, yeah I, mean, I put over a hundred plus hours in there with the first time. Yep, like yep. let alone now, yeah, I'll easily do another hundred. I think probably more than that because I feel like there's more reason to like actually play now, which is a great, uh, you know, bullet point for us to hit on to when we talk about ashes replayability. Because like one of the things that I I've always like in MMORPG specifically. I've like had issues with is like you're playing and you go to you know you do the end game quote unquote end game stuff yeah it's grindy and boring and you just feel like you're just <laughs> doing it for the sake of hamster wheel right you're like okay it feels very much like the reason that we're playing like this is because you want us online and FOMO is part of the thing right if you're missing out on like the stuff that's new or getting the stuff for your ooh, artifact or something that was like one of the worst things oh god yeah talk about but 
we'll leave the we'll leave AP that one. grind insert expansion here of like so what AP stands for God. i got it there's a word i could tell you what i think it stands for but it's not something i can say out live on this show right now okay but it starts with the word ass okay and that's the only thing i'm gonna say right that's all i'm gonna say and if you went to a dark dirty dark place it's not my my fault that was you that was you. Well, it's always a dirty, dark place when there's a blizzard out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's a blizzard out. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't bring myself to play Diablo Four on principle. Um, I can't do no. the new Overwatch. I can't even do Call of Duty stuff anymore because it's it's Blizzard Activision, Activision Blizzard. It's the same thing. So I don't, I don't like. You know, I, I've got nothing against anybody who wants to play them more power to you if you enjoy yourself hey do it enjoy yourself totally fine by me i don't have any problem with that but for me on principle um as a consumer as a player i've just that it's too it's too dirty now it's too much too much bad bad blood i think now at this point for me so yeah you know and i'd hate for that to be a place if in the future ever ashes was to get to it would be probably the biggest you know disappointment would be to like you know have invested so much time in ashes to only get to the end and find out that they do something similar again that everybody's doing the road most traveled i don't believe we'll ever see that with steven um i think he's too i think he's too principled um to to do that so that's like the silver lining and and we're gonna talk about ashes stuff today but first i want to note that if you don't already know this there is a developer live stream coming up this Friday, right? I think it's Friday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. One second. Monday, Wednesday. No, 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 no. Wednesday is the live stream. I take this back. You got till tomorrow, Monday, uh, May 29th. I wasn't sure how they were going to do it because, yeah, because think about it, you guys. The end of May is literally Wednesday. They normally do it on Friday. If they were going to do it on a Friday for May, it would have been last Friday, but they didn't. So we're getting it on Wednesday this week, which is actually, now that I think about that, that means that it's going to be 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific as the typical time uh, on May 31st. So that'll be Wednesday if you want to stick around for our viewing party. It means I'll be firing it up around 1 p.m. CDT. If you're Pacific, it's 11 a.m. PDT. And if you're Eastern, it's going to be uh, 2, right, uh, PDT. So that's your that's your time frames to to watch it live if you'd like you can join us we'll do a watch party here um that'll be an interesting way to start wednesday actually because i've been taking a little bit of a break i haven't been doing the normal thing for my normal live streams last week was a cluster and a half um and this week's gonna be a little more normal but um if you want to get questions in you got till tomorrow though friends that's it tomorrow 11 a.m get to the forums Drop your questions. Maybe it'll get asked. Maybe maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But things are a little different this week, and that's the dealio. Now, we are going to be talking about classes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and link the upcoming dev stream if you want to find what that forum location is to go and drop your questions. There you go. Don't say I ever didn't. I've never done anything for you. Right there in the chat. There's the link. Um, okay. Talked about bang banging and V Rising server. Hey. <laughs> Um, we talked a little bit about the upcoming dev stream this Wednesday. Um, I want to talk about this one bullet point from Ventharian, who's Gold Necro over on YouTube, who left a comment on our discussion from last week. And it seemed like a good 
sort of like stepping stone into the class theory discussion we're going to have or combat. <laughs> I want to play t-shirt. Nice. Love it. Always a pleasure to see that. But Ben Tharian on YouTube brought up a point about what we talked about. Now, if you didn't catch our last show, encourage you to go watch it, whether it's YouTube, whether it's on the audio places, uh, podcast places. But here's one thing to note. We talked about this. We were talking about the idea of being max level and dying and feeling like maybe there's a level of penalty around that. Now, Vintharian brought up, you guys are forgetting about stat dampening. No, not forgetting about stat dampening. Totally remember it in, in regard to corruption. But wait, he's not talking about just corruption. I think he's talking stat dampening overall. So to continue, he said, so even at max level, dying will have consequences for you till you work the dead off. And I think they should definitely test it so it isn't too overbearing. Totally could agree with that. People are going, wait, what? Perhaps with a level over time based on a safety bubble, but otherwise they need to have it. Put a pin in that, because that's a question I'd like to pose for you all. Do you think they need to have stat dampening and death penalties at end game? But let me finish off reading what he said. It makes the world actually threatening and makes you weigh decisions you're making. Plus, experience debt won't occur on people involved in events, so that's nice. Now, keeping in mind that events can be pretty broad, but wait a minute. Was there stat, stat dampening across the board, not just for corruption? Well, I had to do a little research, and I looked into player death, and the reality is, is that death penalties do not differ between PvP and PvE. On the wiki, on the wiki, this is what it says, but this is subject to change. Now, experienced debt will scale approximately two to three percent of the total XP for a max level player. These numbers are subject to change based on testing. Now, death penalties mostly do not apply to objective-based PvP and like we talked about events. There's also a thing. So, ladies and gentlemen, are we talking about something that had escaped you as well as it had escaped me. Because when I first heard that, I was like, I don't know if he's right about that. Death penalties, yes, PVP, corruption, understanding. Uh, but was it for everything? Turns out, according to the wiki, keeping in mind, it is possible that this has been something that we that they've rolled back, that the wiki isn't up to date on. What I'm hearing all in all is that yes, it's still going to be determined by testing. So when we get to Alpha 2, this is going to be something they're going to be getting a lot of feedback on. Now, Vintharian made a point, right? So I've given you the facts. We've talked about what he's, he's stated. But I wanted to ask this question. Well, two questions. Number one, how do you feel about that realization if you didn't realize that was a thing? And two, do you agree or disagree with what he is saying about thinking that it is important that it is there for the world to, to for, for a person to weigh their decision-making. And I'm going to leave that one to you gentlemen to go in and jump in on and chat. Feel free to chip away at that too. Yeah, well, I do recall they did have some conversation around like the events, not having like as much penalties or at least the experience set part of it, um, which I think makes sense because then it, you tend to be a little, I don't want to say reckless, but you tend to be a little more bold in PvP situations, like when you, there isn't as much, like, at stake. Um, 
but that's also can be like a strategy right. as well. Um, so I guess that didn't surprise me as much. I still feel like that's going to be, like you said, it's going to be a testing thing. However, I'm not a huge fan of stat dampening. Um, I don't know what type of penalty you'll really have at max level that would make sense. I mean, you still at some level will have to repair your gear. You'll still at some level lose a percentage of your resources. Maybe it's a higher percentage, but I think stat dampening for like non-corrupted behavior, in my opinion, doesn't make sense um, because that's going to happen through the normal course of the game. Whereas corruption is really like a choice in the sense of like a choice to do bad things. And that's kind of the whole point of their karma system uh, is, is to be able to punish people who are doing things that are outside of the normal, like PVP, like meaningful PVP things. Right. Um, so I think step putting stat dampening on max level characters, it just doesn't make sense with that design. I would go another route. I would maybe make like heftier penalties for resource loss or like maybe heftier penalties for, um, you know, repairing gear, that kind of thing. Um, I think that's still something that people would feel the sting of. Maybe not the repair as much in the late game, like when people have a decent amount of um, funds, but definitely resources. If they're out gathering and so on, they're going to make, make their, hopefully they're going to make better choices there where they're going to say, okay, do I want to lose like 75% of what I just spent a few hours gathering or not? Um, but I, I do think stat dampening will just, it'll just add like, I don't know, an unnecessary layer. I think he talked about um, in his comment, want to make the world threatening, but also don't want it to be like overbearing. I think it would be overbearing to have on top of like losing more stuff, if potentially that's it to also have stat dampening. I just think that would put you on the same level just dying normally as you would like being a corrupted player, which I don't kind of feel like fits with the design. What about you, Armored Cell? Well, I was sort of, I was on the, like, I did agree with the stat dampening, but once I heard Davis talk about it, like I now I'm more thinking along the lines. I, I still think there should be a penalty because, like, if you're not experiencing the experience debt for losing at higher max level, because you're at max level, right? So there's got to be something there. So maybe if corruption brings you down below the um, standard threshold, like if your average is average, right? And then as soon as you get corrupted, you go down below average. But there should still be something. So maybe if you're at max level, you you're at your peak, so maybe a bonus. But if you have, if you instead of getting a experience debt or a stat dampening, you no longer get that bonus. That's that bonus of, I don't know, um, strength, uh, spell attack, crit chance. I don't know, like depending on what sort of tree or uh, skill you've gone down, you don't get that buff anymore. I, I still think there should be something you lose. Because that's the whole point of the game, right? You're meant to have experienced debt, but if you're max level, you don't have experienced debt anymore. So they've got to have something there. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're at max level, you're pretty much like not immortal, but it feels like once you get max level, there's no longer a risk anymore. Like you're 
it feels like you're almost beating the game. Not not really, but you're not you no longer have to worry about turning set ever again. And I don't really feel like that's like what mechanic in the game would you really want to just disappear once you reach the top? Like that doesn't make sense to me. It's still gotta be there, but it's just gonna have, have to change how it works. Um but as we said, like it's gotta go through testing and you gotta work out what we are willing to lose and what we aren't willing to lose. Like if they give us a bonus for reaching our peak and then we lose that book instead of experience debt, I feel like people might be more okay with that than as Stabless was saying, losing a percentage of your stats because I feel like the stats is what you've worked really hard for. But mm -hmm. unless you're going to be losing experience from your uh, like arts and classes maybe, but even then that feels a bit off. That's just, yeah. Like, there has to be something, but I just can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I mean, like, the main, the main, like, I see what he's saying, right, about, like, the world actually being threatening, but I mean, I think there's a lot of ways that you can ensure that's the case that without, you know, doing stat dampening across the board. That's, that's my, my perspective. Like, do I agree that the world, you know, should feel more threatening and you need to weigh the decisions you make? Absolutely. But there's a lot of ways to run cost benefit analysis outside of stat dampening, right? Right. Cause there's still elements of like, well, I'm traveling in a world. I mean, a cost benefit analysis is maybe it, remember, there's not like fast travel teleport all over the place in this game, right? So maybe, maybe part of it is, is like, uh, I'm, I'm grinding down into a dungeon and I'm not able to respawn anywhere near here. It's going to be a big run. I, I need to be more cautious, you know, or my group needs to be more cautious so that we're not having to make a massive trek back to this location again. So there's like a lot of ways to make it really feel like, um, the decisions you're making, um, you know, have a cost if you're not cautious, right? So there's like a lot of ways to do that. And I'm not saying like, you know, that that can't work. Um, I'm just saying like inherently I tend to be against that, like punishment uh, on stats and dampening of stats just because you die. Like that to me just seems, I don't know, it seems a little ridiculous. To me, that's that kind of gets over into the domain of a little more of like a Souls-like perspective or, you know, there's also things like uh, your gear takes, da you know, damage and durability loss, or there's a lot of things that can that can cause a person to feel that like uh, I need to be more cautious about my choices um, because, you know, like this is going to hurt if I don't do this right. So I think there's, I think that it's in the best interest of, of Intrepid Studios to look beyond just that dampening as the exclusive like idea of how we're going to to try to make sure that you're cautious when you're making choices in the game because you don't want the game to become so punishing to the general player that someone's like it feels too much like a survival game or it feels too much like a souls like game or these aspects that don't that don't correlate for a lot of people generally speaking to where like they're going the game feels too punishing i don't really want to do this like I've only got three hours to play, you know what I mean? If I'm spending an extra hour working off debt XP, you know, or something, just throwing numbers out there, then that to me, cost-benefit analysis on my time as a human isn't really a good use of my time, even if I'm doing all the best choices, the best things I can do to be mindful, right? But that's kind of my perspective on that, generally. Yeah. I do want to mention, like, 
I've I've seen some people in chat saying like you do have like uh have to repair your items and so I really hope that the higher level you get, the the more often you have to repair your items because that's kind of that's gonna feel like a grind. I feel like yeah, I, again, I that's something got like, balanced. Yeah, I really hope like the the highest tier level doesn't like you've only got like maybe four dungeon raids before you got to repair it completely. Oh God, yeah. You know you know yeah, you don't like, want to be like in the middle of a raid going, oh, it broke so much already that like now I've got to go and I've got to. This isn't World of Warcraft. You don't have a what tundra mammoth that you can pop up outside the. Yeah, thing, for sure. Or, what, right? or whatever. Yeah, repair. I mean, I, I hope the uh, durability doesn't durability cost will increase as you go up in levels, like in tears. I hope that's not the case for instead of experience debt because that's going to feel like a grind fest as well. That cost be- yeah. cost benefit analysis, man. You know, it really is like what's too, you know, like this is something they got to test. But then they they got to be mindful of this because this one will turn a lot of people away. I mean, you can be like, oh, Sim, stop being a baddie or whatever. Like, all right, well, shut up, listen for a minute, right? Not everyone plays like you. The general person doesn't want to feel punished too heavily in a game. They they'll not. They won't play it, man. They won't like there's a lot of aspects of an mmorpg you can make hardcore you don't want like a person's time to be what feels like is getting hardcore right like not everybody has a, you know can know life a game you know 10 hours a day six days a week five days a week or whatever to make it their whole world that's not the normal player yeah you know you, you can't yeah you can't design a game around a no lifer then again you no. can't design a game around a casual exactly. right at this point yep. you need to be able to make sure everyone has and this is not like everyone gets a trophy bullshit this is like everyone needs to be able to feel relevant in the game and that's like a different thing versus everyone gets a trophy in my opinion you've got to have like some like that you have to need all types of players in order for a game of this nature to work. Because yeah. if you don't and you just ca- cater to one group or another, regardless of the size of that group, the game is going to not necessarily be as successful as it can be because you want to build a community around it. And a community is a diverse set of players. And it's kind of going back to m- my point, I feel like you can't also like equate the same level of punishment to a corrupted player as you would to like your standard player. Yeah. That, that to me is like where we need to think of like a different design. Maybe it's, you know, you need to go like and do a specific quest or something. I I don't know, but there's gotta be something else that to Ventharian's point, there's still gotta be like some level of threat, some risk versus reward. I just feel like the risk shouldn't be like some sort of stat dampening. I, I actually like the idea of like if you're if you haven't died in a certain period of time, you get a bonus and then you lose that bonus. So you're maybe not as effective. Plus, you know, I'm expecting like durability will be a thing as well. I wouldn't expect that it wouldn't be, but not to the level of, say, World of Warcraft, where it was literally just another gold sink. Right, yeah. I mean, that game was like had to be full of gold sinks because they couldn't manage an economy, like you know, to save their lives. So it's everybody's got you know millions and billions of gold. Um, so yeah, I, I would um, I would think we'd probably want to really test what that risk versus reward is, but definitely not put it on par with 
corrupted players. I just think that's just that's a lazy design in my opinion. There's got to be another way to look at this. Yeah. And still make it something where it is like, okay, if I'm going to take a risk, yeah, I could win big, but I could also lose big. And maybe part of that is like corpse runs. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. if that's going to be a thing or not yeah. um, in Ashes, but it was definitely a thing in like EverQuest. And one of the things that I would say I really disliked about EverQuest system is you could lose levels. You weren't just working off debt. You were legit losing experience and losing levels. And the amount of times like in some like you just get in a bad situation where you level D level level D level that just that is definitely like a dissatisfier for a lot of players. It was for me mm-hmm. playing maybe more of like a weaker solo character like a wizard. Um, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, squishy. They have to kind of balance that. And again, I like the idea of debt versus experience loss, because at least you're not losing where you are. It's right. just going to take you like a little bit of time to dig yourself out. Yeah, because you used to have like like an example from like a game that I could think of, like where you could take like a stat reduction because of being like some form of a death penalty in World of Warcraft was like if you choose res sickness like that sucked. Yeah, I mean, that was like what 10% of all your stats. It was pretty like, heavy. You felt that shit, man. You were like, Ooh. yeah, you just had, you just literally like AFK made a sandwich while well, uh, what was going on. I mean, you <laughs> yeah, just, if you chose you that, yeah. Yeah, you didn't, yeah. if the, you had to. Yeah, I remember the time I like, I clicked that on accident. I was like, oh no, dude. That really sucked. But, you know, I think about that and I go, okay, okay, that was based on a bad choice. Sure. Sometimes you choose a little lesser of two evils and that is the better choice under the circumstances. But, um, yeah, I I just think about situations like that and I go, you got to be real careful about that. Especially when you've already got a lot of different things that can be quite punishing in the game, like ashes. There there are things that are already going to be punishing, right? Corruption can be punishing. Getting grief can be punishing. Right, having to travel far distances, not having fast travel can be punishing. You know, it can feel punishing. It could all add up real quick. Right. Now I get the people that are like, oh, you know, I mean, those are those people are just being, you know, they're too much of like a pleb. And I'm like, yeah, but you gotta like not just think about it that way. Like think about it from a person's cost benefit analysis of time. Right. You don't want a game to feel it's so demanding on time in some capacity that like you're sinking the time in. Then it starts to feel like just being on a hamster wheel again, but in a different way. So it's it's all about balance, man. I mean, these things could work out really well, could work out really bad. But so can how you choose to augment and build a character, right? Which is why people who theorycraft in an MMORPG, um, the people that you're going to see, and this is a cool thing about Ashes from a theory crafter perspective, is... I'll go in and share the classes. If you're not familiar with Ashes, uh, just do exclamation classes in chat. And as long as our good old, there it is, is working, it'll pop that up for you. And you can take a little look-see yourself. We're going to throw up the classes image. This is the standard long-time class list coming directly from Ashes of Creation to you. Now, if it's a little small uh, for you to read, then this is when I say, why are you looking at such a small screen? Just kidding. They hating on you, man. Everybody's got to use their phone from time to time. 
big screen that shit is. Or just look at the website because that'll help you tons more, okay? But here's what we're talking about. It's up there as a reference. I would encourage you to literally, if you're on a PC, just pull up the, the image over on classes, check it out. It'll be a lot easier for you to look at than maybe seeing our screen. But for the sake of tracking it and showing off what we're talking about so you can track what we're talking about and what class, or sorry, archetype combo that is that creates the class we may be referencing, um, there it is for your sort of convenience. Um, okay. Let's take a look at this. Now we've we've hit on this a lot and I feel like it's important to talk at least from my perspective about uh, number one, this is not the kind of MMORPG where you as a theory crafter are likely gonna be theory crafting and have your own custom theory crafted build for every single class combination there is does that mean that you won't see sites that will eventually get to the point where they got a workable build for you yeah sure that'll happen right don't expect me to do that shit for you right i am working on a build for a singular archetype and potentially its combinations and that'll be probably for the for, for the foreseeable future when the game launches that'll be what i'll have to offer right but that's the beauty of community and that's the beauty of sites like Ashes HQ. You'll have different people coming together, sharing like their favorite builds they've come up with, right? That you can try out, that you can you can do. And and theory crafters are beautiful for this reason because they do the heavy lifting for you, the players that tend to not do any of that stuff. So you can just go look at their build, see what it is, try it out yourself, build accordingly, and come up with something fun that is enjoyable for you to play, right? But some of us like to do that sort of work ourselves because there is a lot of enjoyment for me in being able to, you know, look at all of the possibilities and come up with a really cool build that feels like it fits my identity as a player. And the beauty of a game like Ashes of Creation is there's going to be a lot of different, you know, variety in gear and hopefully augmentation that as an individual who maybe wants to go paladin, like I will very likely want to do, um, there will hopefully be enough agency for us as players that based on augmentation choices, based on gearing, based on all kinds of fun stuff, like enchanting and things like that in the game, uh, each player could hypothetically come up with a really unique build that really feels like their play style. And, you know, it doesn't have to be the same build that Lottie Dottie everybody uses. <coughs> Sorry. I said that and I automatically had a little bit of a cough because of the filth that was Blizzard and their homogenization of every damn class in that game. Don't put that evil on me, Simi Bobby. Uh, Don't. It <laughs> <laughs> was bad, man. So here, here's the thing. What are the biggest do's and don'ts when it comes to you know classes right people have a lot of theories about how you're supposed to build a, a class or an archetype in a way that is meaningful right some people are like oh my god i love that i can have one button build and i don't have to feel like i have to do anything or be accountable for anything except for smashing a button and having gear sets to do everything for me <laughs> ESO talking about you but there are also games where you've got to be really careful about cycling your abilities focusing on diminishing returns like being careful about the things that are proccing uh, having a lot of choice in 
what different uh, you know skill combinations you choose to use and how that synergizes with the gear and the stats on your gear and all that. But I guess my question to start this one off is, what's your style of building a character for you guys? And for those of you that are here watching or visiting, uh, whether you're here live, always recommend watching us live. It's the best way to, to do this. But what is your approach to building a character? What's your style? What feels good for you? You could even throw in what, you know, class archetype combinations tend to resonate for you and why and, and what it is about that that's meaningful for you as an individual, right? And then we'll kind of go from there. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? Well, I like one button macro builds. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. <laughs> no, I mean, I I generally like you know things that are more creative. I do tend to build like classes around class fantasy first. That's obviously not the most efficient way to do it, especially in some games. <laughs> Blizzard. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but I would cough. get a little, little schmutz there. Uh, I hope in ashes that the baseline abilities and the augments really give you like a way to mix and match and still be able to kind of get a feel um, around a class. It's got like a class fantasy component to it. I mean, again, that's all going to come out in, in testing, but like me generally, there's like probably two class types of classes that I tend to go after the most. Um, and the second one is if they're available because they're not available in every one is generally I like melee um, characters. And I also like force multipliers. Like that's probably where I've had the most fun. I mean, I've done like mages and stuff. And I, I would say that's probably like maybe I hem and haw between that depending on the game. But generally I do like more melee style, like melee magical style or force multiplier, that's where I've had the most fun. And just some examples of that might be like in City of Heroes, it was controller, right? Because you had like a lot of CC type, you did have some direct right. damage, but it was more about buffing party, you know, weakening enemies, that kind of thing. I do enjoy that. Generally, like in other MMOs, I've been more around the melee class, sometimes mage but most of the time melee so like i was like a rat pallion wow um i've done like mercenary and dark age of camelot that was like primary but i also did minstrel there too so it just depends on the game but generally those are like the two ends of the spectrum that i go go with um what about you armored cell i'm actually really interested in this reaction here because right. I've got, I've got two different ways of playing, right? So if I'm playing solo, I like to play a stealthy, like, um, I like to play my stealthy build that's very, like, melee based. However, I, want, I like to play the game where I watch their health bar go down before my health bar goes down, you know what I mean? So like, there's no defense in it all, it's all offense, and you got to take them down before you take get taken down yourself. Like, it's, it's a race against the clock. Like that adrenaline, that's that's amazing to me. But when I'm playing with my friends and my teammates, what I like to do is be a buff monkey. Like I actually love <laughs> monkey. Love... <laughs> oh, please yeah, elaborate! I, I totally misheard that. I totally misheard <laughs> that. 
Didn't no, you have so. no idea how good it feels to be a buff monkey. So you got one teammate, <laughs> and then you got like two, two or three people just buffing the hell out of that one person and making that person a god, and just watching him just wreck everything. It, it looks so good. It feels so good. Like yeah. you have no idea. It sounds like, like it can be fun. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there was like, this ability in City of Heroes called Fulcrum Shift, where you literally just sapped every one of the enemies and then buffed your party. And that would totally turn the tide. Uh-huh. So I know exactly what you mean. Just letting people just wreck. I like to call it the chosen one build. Like, it, like, <laughs> and, and like gunfire. Like any other games that we leave, we got like relics and stuff, and you can get yeah. to like one teammate. That's, That's what we do. We just like, oh, this will be really good for you. Have this. Have this. Keep going. Keep going. And then, it's, then he's just like one shotting the boss. It's it, it's amazing. Man, dude. I have like three ways that I tend to play. Uh, I I tend to go like two of two two of these variation. Okay, there's like, well, shit. There's like four ways I actually play. Okay, so one, two of them are very light bringer. Two are very much not. So one I call uh, the the healer light bringer, and one's like the tank light bringer, right? where I'm just like absorbing, mitigating a shit ton of damage and I can manage to keep myself going in the most, you know, almost like impossible situations, right? Where you're just healing yourself, mitigating damage, somehow being able to keep it going and, and keeping it going. Then there's like the healer that's like just, like almost like burst healing. Like I call it my holy shock pally off World of Warcraft, man. Like when when i'd set that character up to crit like oh it was good too because like every time there was a new update right i go shock it in and pvp and i just like holy shock people and like crit them and like almost insta kill them i'd be like a, i'd be like a holy shock and a judgment you're donezo it would literally be like that was it right until they nerf it because they didn't end up nerfing it eventually but when it wasn't nerfed it was a fun time and then i got the darker side of things i got my death knight who just like spreads like, you know, is like dot damage, right? Like, or like, you know, infects you and gets you just all kind of dotted up and then like uses those dots to do a lot of damage in burst form or heal myself or both, right? You're probably thinking blood decays, but there was a time when you could do any any of the damn, you could do frost, you could do blood, you could do unholy and you could play however you wanted once upon a time when, you're probably going, yeah, wasn't that when the Death Knight was a little overpowered? You're probably right, but it was still a good time. And then the rogue, who's like, find me if you can, vanish deuces I'm out, sapping fools and taking names and like garroting people and just, but it's a lot of fun because there's like a lot of agency in playing that way too because you can you can impact like spell casting right you can kick there's a lot on with a rogue there's a lot of agency to interrupt right in pvp and and in pve too and so it was really fun because i had a lot of agency to really just lock something down without locking it down right you'd have stuns and stuff like that that were more like i think more like my warrior for like locking things down because that was good or like druids or mages or whatever back in in the wow days but those are like my ways of playing right and they're both like very almost opposite but those things really are a lot of fun for me um there was enhanced shaman days too which were pretty good in wow gotta be fair that the burst of the enhanced shaman was pretty tasty yeah uh, yeah that was good i really liked the enhanced shaman too shaman. God, it was good <laughs> and i actually 
it was like tough because you had to use the the um your totems like right and it was like tricky man like yeah you really had to not use them totems but anyway i digress yes i saw cheryl was like saying there was a uh had a pretty nice pvp build back in eso uh in the day once upon a time yeah uh what's the most op legit build you've seen in a game um i'd oh my gosh uh the so OP is the way Sim likes to play. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah, I do. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I pick, I pick a build and I like fine tune that until it is like ultimate. But, but I'll be real, right? In in building a character, right? Even in theory crafting a character like a paladin, they very rarely delivered compared to the other classes. Very rarely, and usually it was when they were tweaked. Like, in fairness, more than they should be in some way. And then they tune it down, and then they were just pretty decent. You know, decent. Even in healing, right? Unless they were, again, tweaked a little bit hard in some way. Even in healing, they still really weren't the best predominantly compared to, like, a druid or someone, you know, like that. So the, the Paladins gen generally never really performed as great as they could compared to another class. Like you had a choice, you, you'd often be like, I mean, I could do without a Paladin over someone else. And that was a pretty shitty feeling a lot of time, right? So um, again, more often than not, what's up? The hard thing about Paladins though, right? Because like they're self, they're most, most times they're like self-sustaining tanks almost because I love Cleric and yeah. Tank, right? So and that's yeah, why they got precious. yeah so it's really hard to balance because it's either like if you go to a tank they've only got a certain amount of hit points or you've got to heal them but paladins they can heal themselves and just keep going and going yeah and going like this. yeah you, see it's either like they could just keep going or they just completely are not able to like yeah. hang but there was like there was a point there were always these like small snapshots in time where you could keep going and mitigate the damage as like a whole, you know, Paladin tank, Prot tank in World of Warcraft, for example. But like, you couldn't do it unless you were actually pretty exceptional. Like, you were on your A game, you, you geared right, you didn't just gear for stamina, you geared for a good balance of stats to mitigate damage, have like a, you know, a health pool that could take the hits, like all these different things that all culminated into building a good character and it wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't like that all the time even even with your best efforts oftentimes it was like they just kind of didn't balance them well right and i i blame the developer for that because if there yeah. were snapshots where they performed well if you were exceptional then that means that you did it right at one point and not so much the majority of the time right so that's my that's my thoughts on paladins but but there's a long list in ashes right we've we've spent a good bit of time talking about the the mages of as of late we've talked about these these archetypes a lot in the past but you know i guess what i want to like throw out there is what of the ones that are on the class list have we really not given love and talked about like I'll tell you one that to me is like generic that really hasn't been discussed. I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show. The tank with fighter combo called a knight. Like, what's that going to be? Like, 
You know what I mean? I'm, I, th I see that one and I think to myself like, okay, a tank that then augments with a fighter is a knight. So like, how's that, how's that gonna feel a lot different from maybe like a paladin later? Like how much can those two feel similar? You know, or maybe with the, when you look at like the guardian, I feel like the knight, the guardian and the, and the paladin are three that I look at and I'm like, those feel like they could feel like a lot alike. I think specifically the uh, the knight and the guardian can feel very much like that because kind of looking at it like a more physical orientation. I mean, but, I kind of feel like, mm. you know, your guardian is going to definitely lean towards augmentations that are more mitigating in nature yep. and your knight is going to necessarily is going to tank by DPS kind of is what I see um, potentially, right? Because it's all about like your main skills are going to be your primary archetype and then how you augment depends on your secondary. So I kind of see that. I think with the Paladin, I expect there's going to be maybe a little more self-healing. I just hope it isn't like, I mean, I hope you still need like a cleric in the party. It's not necessarily like super OP and you're not doing a ton of damage at the same time you're able to heal yourself. Because that just feels like it, like maybe fun in the moment, but it's going to make it boring for everyone else. Um, we haven't really talked about the summoner either, honestly, um, much. And I think mm. that that would be an interesting one to dig into. Mm. But as far as um, I'm interested to see, like what where they go in the tank with like the night shield and the spell shield. Yeah how that would be like how you would address that from an augmentation. And frankly, even the I'd, I'd love to see like what all the bard variants will feel like for with another primary. Um, It just seems like really like interesting, like how you're going to interweave like bard with tank. Is it going to be like more mitigation songs? Is it going to be like, you know, yeah. are you breakdancing and giving the party a shield? What's going on? Are you slapping them in the face with a handful of baby powder, telling them to get attention and pay, pay attention to your songs? I mean, exactly. It's called Stomp. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there are a lot of these that I'd have to agree. And I mean, one of the things that, you know, was brought up in chat too is like, it's really hard, you know, to to kind of like hypothesize around this when you don't know the augments. And I was like, yeah, even when you don't know base skills, we still don't have base skills for summoner, rogue, fighter. I mean, we're waiting on, on, on a full ranger loadout again too, but bard, like yeah, bard, bard is bard's nothing. It's like, give me bard deeds, Steven. No snapshots Le on the bard yet. Nothing on the yeah, bard. Yeah, I know. Or the Leak something this this stream, Stephen. Please, <laughs> we're we're gonna get the the Cyclops raid, is what my understanding yeah. is. How yeah. how much is it gonna be like a raid? I don't know. But but armored cell. So any thoughts about what we've been talking about with like this as well? Uh, well, my class that I'm really interested interested in is the Enchanter. So the Summoner Bard. I want to I want to know how how. Mm enchants are going to be how, how like as i said the buff monkey right so i want to see i want to see like how that's going to work like the whole summoner augments for these classes is what's going to really like i've always loved summoners like in like um 
in turn-based strategy games, but my friends don't like it because I take all the, you know, it's how it's like a turn order. If it's like a turn-based game, and then all of a sudden you're like 10 summons and your friends are waiting for your 10 turns, and then and then it's their turn. Oh God. They don't like me being a summoner when I'm I'm doing that in um, Divinity. Original uh, Sin. <laughs> yeah. They don't like that at all, so I, I've sort of been banned from summoner in that, in that aspect. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really like keen for the um the new developer string for the for the raid boss. Like I'm really surprised to make it on the on Wednesday though, because that's like Thursday four a.m. for me. So I'm like, oh, oh no, yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> oh shit! I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to watch it on replay or something, right. unfortunately. Yeah, that's true, man. I forgot about that. Yeah, because it's easier when it's like a Friday for you, because you're like what technically Saturday, right? Saturday, yeah. Yeah. I just get up early. Yeah, Saturday for you, Friday for us. You're like a you're in the future basically, but I am. Yeah, I am the future. Yeah, so you, you know some of these like I mean I get it like but like nights one that I'm like uh it's hard to imagine like <laughs> Bard Tank which is Siren. I mean I'm going like hypothesize this like looking at a bard and seeing how you can augment it with a tank sounds a little weird from like a class identity perspective but when i think about <coughs> excuse me siren i'm going okay what's the tank do crowd control damage mitigation and i'm thinking okay bards we know how that works right well siren i get the association of a siren and a bard right that's easy i'm going songs right uh what did sirens do in mythology right they they sort of like sung songs and they took control of people's minds a little bit and, and kind of caused things to happen. So I'm going, I mean, I'm thinking that's probably going to be the thing for a siren. It makes sense, right? You're going to take the, the bard, the, the, the song weaving sort of thing. And you're going to go, all right, we're going to give you some like crowd control and damage mitigation. And we're going to make it tie into like the, the siren sort of, um, yeah. Lori to your doom sort of thing. Um, but you know, when you look at all these, sometimes it's hard, hard to wrap your head around. But then you got things that seem real generic, too, that I'm also going, how's that going to work? Because you're a bard, augmented with a mage, and now you're a magician. It's kind of like knight to me. Like, I get what a knight is, and I get what a magician is. But sometimes when I, I look at, like, the combinations and augmentation, it's hard for me to make sense out how that's going to work from a class identity perspective. You know, to to become a magician yeah. based off of like a bard primary archetype or the the problem whatever. is we keep thinking of bard as musical, right? Like there's also other ways that the bard is Sure. Bard yeah. Yeah. So here's mentioned like uh what was there's like dance writing, like poetry, dance, yeah, there's all these Trickster's other ways. gonna be fun. That's gonna be interesting to see how they spin that one. With the bard. Yeah, so maybe magician's more like dancing, so think of a lot more like uh a gypsy, maybe? Going them cat ears, man. I mean, sorry. sorry. Oh, please don't. <laughs> who was please I going to trigger don't. with that? <laughs> it was like, who? Yeah. Leave cat girls where they belong in other MMOs. Oh, no. <laughs> so there are hey, definitely... Hold on, lines, mate. That, that's, that, that can be sort of... That's going to be that's interesting cool. to see who tries to make a cat, a cat boy or girl out of a Tolnar. Probably there will be many, but also like the wolves, though. I feel like there's like the potential there to maybe get some good Tolnar sort of like 
creation. It's going to be interesting, though, because, like, I'm looking forward to seeing the really creative people who take a Tolnar and then conceptualize based on Tolnar or whatever whatever racial choice they have, and then they, like, just really double down on the class identity. You know, like, going Necromancer, like, what's the most grotesque-looking character I might be able to come up with? I'm thinking Vec is going to be one of the ones people are going to go with for Necros, right? They're going to make them look really kind of strange, have them hunching over, right? And going, feels really Necro. I could, from a cosmetic perspective, make them look a little more undead. You don't even see them a whole lot. You 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 literally double down on the like, you know, posture and physique or whatever, and you you keep them looking horrendous. What or are you laughing about? Other end. Oh god. We have we have Stuffington Bear, oh, and he uses this this month's cosmetic pack and become a necromancer. So oh. I never expected. <laughs> Running around in flower attire and stuff, and someone yeah, on yeah, YouTube so- uh, when we posted this said that the the last our last discussion over the cosmetics was a really good discussion about like what they're doing wrong. Hold on, let me let me let me let me pull this up real quick, okay? I want to see what you all think about this. But it goes right. Let me go down. I know it wasn't far. Here's the hoping that I'm accurate and it was there it is. I think the discussion here around the still bloom set perfectly encapsulates the issue of going from concept art to selling these cosmetics. They're committing to adding these to the game before it's realized and tested in game. What do you think about that thought? Yeah, I mean, I think at some level we still have like some like clarifications required on the buildings. I mean, Steven did talk a little bit about that as there's only certain types of building cosmetics will work with certain buildings. It just there's still like some level of vagueness there where it's like, you know, you don't know how much you're really going to utilize those building cosmetics. I mean, I think like the pet and the mount stuff and the accessories, I think, are fairly straightforward. Obviously, the costumes as well are fairly straightforward, but the building ones are ones that are definitely like more fluid right now you don't really know what types of buildings will deal with what skin and whether or not it's going to look like a hot mess when you try to put mix and match different skins right yeah go ahead like i'd rather see this and not see it right like if this was hidden then we wouldn't be able to critique it but that's the whole point yeah truth i I I don't think they're gonna sell that many cosmetics. Like some people might like it. I'm not gonna say they don't like it. I'm just saying I'm not gonna buy this cosmetic. Um, but at the same time, I'm glad they show us because now I can be like, hey, that's not sort of not what we like. I'm hoping this is like a variant of something else, maybe. Like as I said, like instead of it being pink, it would be like a darker blue, and this is just like a rare variant of that cosmetic. It might not be as bad as what it is, but as I said, like, um, like this, if we see these cosmetic packs, we'll be like, hey, you're going on the wrong path. Like, as long as, like, majority, we're not really telling what where to go and what to do. We're just saying, hey, that doesn't really resonate with how we think the game's going to go. And giving me that feedback and the critique, and they can probably go off that, be like, hey, maybe we're going too far colorful or too far, like, uh, clown-esque. How we were always saying like you don't want to see anything breaking our immersion. 
what what it, what character do you genuinely like? I, I want to know, Armored. So we, uh, Daedalus and I have talked about this before on the show, but we haven't really asked you this. Like, walk us through the character you're going to create. Like, how do you hypothetically see yourself playing a character? Like, aesthetically, what are you looking for? What What's this character going to bring to the table? How is it going to represent you in the game? No pressure, go. Yeah. I'm, I'm me. This is exactly... I'm dressed up for my job, and I'm going to do exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on there. I'm going to make sure my corruption is at max level, and I'm going to slowly corrupt my soul into the uh, the corruption core that it should be. And I will investigate. Every, like I need to know. Can I please get a clip on that? I'm requesting it. Thank you. All right, please continue. I, I'm not hiding. No, no, no. I just want that for myself. Yeah, he's he's not like you, Sim. He's like he's <laughs> what are you... he's showing himself to the world. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Uh, not um... hiding behind some light bringer thing going on over here. Whatever. You guys can keep. Like, there's, keep there's a reason why there's so sense. many uh, priests and clerics in our guild. By the way, guys, like if 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 you ever want to join, uh, you might realize that we've got a majority cleric and. And he heal is in our group for some particular reason that we do not know. What? It's almost cultist. Oh no, 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 don't do that. Okay, it's not my fault everyone wants to play a cleric or a bard. He's well it wasn't he didn't say cleric or bard. He what? Just, he just he said cleric. Mm. It's like healers, right? Bards are just trying to play their tune, man. <laughs> they're just trying to dance their way through life you know what i'm saying man? they're just trying they're trying to like dance to the beat of their own drummer dude which is oh usually them. i hope i hope we got a clip on that i just want to i just it was perfect it was the perfect you know what i mean it was the good snapshot of of him just being who he is and the character he wants to be I'm not like you to stop no living your life through me. He's just <laughs> dancing for the job he wants. <laughs> he's like, he's like, look, you don't need to clip it to enjoy this. Just be it yourself. Just walk into the light and be who you are. Look, I don't it's know what to say. True. Look, hey, it's possible. Look, uh, real talk. If they, if they don't make a paladin that feels like it's going to be a good time, I actually won't play a main paladin for this game. I won't. I promised myself. I promised myself that I wasn't going to play a class just because I like the identity going into this game. As much as I want to be a paladin, if it doesn't play and feel like a paladin, like to me, is going to be enjoyable, I'm just not going to do it, dude. I'm not going to do it. Now, they've said they got a lot of people who love paladins and they want to do it right in this game, and that's a cool story until it's real life. Right. Right? I, and I'm telling you right now, if they don't do a paladin right, I'm going as filthy and as dirty as it gets. Well, maybe well I would have think your first answer would be I'm going to give them feedback <laughs> to align them. You're like, they go wrong. I'm going full dark side. Like, Wait a minute. This feels like somebody's looking for an excuse. <laughs> dark side just saying you're gonna take the opportunity to make that make that reference i feel like you maybe your paladin's going down the wrong faith route maybe retribution paladins are still religious right so they still need a religion to follow that's true that's true there's nothing wrong with divine retribution man that's called you know 
handful of white orange baby powder to the face. Yeah, he's slipping, pulling back to the light. Nothing dirt, <laughs> dark and dirty about that at all. Oh, that's God, righteous that's good. fire, baby. Oh, righteous my God. Look at Arthur. Alphas are always recruiting, mate. Alphas are always recruiting. <laughs> You know what I think our guild's gonna probably end up like real talk. Like it's feeling the at least it's feeling like based on the people we've got in the guild. We got a small guild right now, okay? Quality over quantity. We'll we'll fill the roles later, right? But it's feeling like the majority of us are really into the idea of farming, gathering, crafting, economics. Like, not saying we don't care about other things, but that is predominantly what I'm hearing. And like, look, I'm still going to go play arenas. I'm going to do all the things, right? I'm actually like really hoping Ashes has good arenas to the point where there could be esports. I actually am because it would be great to see another MMO actually have freaking esports. It's like that is the one cut out of an MMORPG that's always enjoyable to me that I don't see enough games do in a way that actually works. Like, like. Actually, World of Warcraft is the only one that I've seen that, like, really, in my opinion, works to the extent that, yeah, it could. I just don't see enough MMORPGs that do that, like, so I'm hoping Ashes does. I'd love to have an arena team and a jump on and be going grinding out like ranked. Like, it would be great. That would be freaking fun, man, to do that, but you got to do it right. We'll play it on the, uh, you know, the homies that are taking clips and stuff of... Um, I'm thinking we only got one for uh, for for Armored Cell. Good. That's great. That's good. Uh, I don't Pepsi, see anybody Pepsi making game. any of me, huh? Pepsi Game makes a good point. Yeah. Um, in the Dark Ages, even the, the churches weren't very righteous, mate. Oh, no. Never mind. Like, okay. When, I, when I first joined the Ash community, I, <laughs> the first thing I saw about the Polnar is that people wanted to do a holy crusade against them. I'm like, no. That's true, dude. You're not wrong about that. They want to do a holy crusade against Tona. I'm like, you're coming back to our world, goddammit. Did you notice how oh. I said that? And like the, the moment I finished my sentence, Alfina posted the filthy and dirty clip, clearly framing what I said. This is fair and balanced in terms it's of true. clipping, is what happened. It is. It is true. It's true. I'm going to have to take a little look see at that. I don't know. We'll, we'll do the armored cell clip for the intro reel for this podcast episode, or if we'll do the filthy and dirty one. I don't know. Who knows? We'll know. I'll, I'll figure it out in the editing later tonight. Um, but yeah, obviously, obviously, I'll give them feedback. But if they, you know, still don't deliver in a way that's meaningful for me, I'm, I'm just going to go. I'll double down on the rogue, man. I don't think I do like if I ever went like play a dark side character. I don't think I could do a necromancer personally. It would have to be like something in the area of like it feels like a death knight or like a filthy dirty rogue, you know, assassin. Really, yeah, feels good, man. Every, every time I think I'm necromancer, you know how like. Lord of the Rings, like, have my axe, have my sword, and then Necromancer says, Here, have your brother. That's so funny. It always pops up on my head when I feel Necromancer. That makes yeah. Me but I mean, like, here's the thing, right? Like, I've always wanted, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this kind of final thought around the, the discussion around class theories. Now, we could spend months on podcasts just literally going through each of these 
picking one class to talk about per episode and just really getting into it, right? But my hope for you all that are watching or listening to this, catching it later, is that this gets the wheels turning about, for me, what's in my mind, what's my theory of like, what a meaningful class is like in my mind i kind of theorize this is the way that it'll be meaningful for me enjoyable for me and i really want to get gauge that community sentiment because i feel like that's kind of a meaningful con uh, conversation i have around this right isn't like who's more right what's more better it's literally like where do people kind of stand on this and, and really kind of talk about what their ideas and their thoughts and maybe their theories are about like what the best practices or game. Now, one of my thoughts, and I'm going to leave you with this, is I always thought that Ash as a creation had a really interesting, fun opportunity to do what we haven't really seen done. It's taking that tabletop element of, of class identity and a tabletop, right? Because if, if, if Ash as a creation was originally read as a tabletop campaign, which it was in Pathfinder, much like D&D, there's a lot of, of class identity in there, right? And there's a lot that you can see that they're pulling from. So it would, to me, be a disservice to this game if they didn't really double down on like, well, what does it mean to be a paladin in a tabletop game? There are blessings, there are things of that nature, right? Uh, that's something that I think World of Warcraft, for example, I'm just using the paladin as a reference because that's my go-to reference. But that's something that World of Warcraft did right. Now, whether they were meaningful or not to, as they were used as a different story and a different conversation, but they did integrate a lot of that aspect to their class. And I thought that was really cool. And I think that, I and I hope that, that in Ashes of Creation, where we haven't seen this yet, that Intrepid will really make it a point to do that too, because we all know D&D sure as hell isn't coming out with an MMORPG that really delivers and hasn't. In my opinion, sure they're out there, but it it didn't really hit the mark compared to some other games, right? And there was an opportunity to really do great with the D and D concept as a MMORPG, and we still haven't seen it done yet. I'm hoping Ashes will really, you know, lead into that because I think it would be a, I think it would be great. I think it would be great for the fantasy community, in my opinion, but. I'm going to leave that there. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, we got the podcast that we're going to be coming up with next week that we'll be piggybacking off and talking about, obviously, everything we see in the upcoming developer live stream that is, again, going to be on this Wednesday. So check it out. 11 a.m. PDT. Catch us here live. We'll be doing a watch party for it for a while. Gentlemen, thoughts? Final thoughts? I just one for me. I mean, just kind of jumping off of what you said, I think what really needs to happen here is they need to focus on making every class relevant and thus every role relevant. I think if they start with that as like with each of the baseline archetypes, then like the flavors that you get, you know, regardless of like combination, I think that will flow a lot easier. It's not going to be perfect, but I think that's going to be like one way where it would be really important that you do have a well-balanced party whether that be like a well-balanced like you know small group versus you know 40-man raid i think that's the way that i see them being successful because one of the things like you know my love and hate of the paladin class in that blizzard game was definitely it just felt like a muddled mess for most of the time that i've played 
and there were some expansions where they really shine but they didn't last that long um and i think that's something that i feel like is is really i hope they get right um i'm really interested to see like what they do with like a spell sword or a high sword which is like the mage and the cleric respectively because those are ones that i kind of see like at least the high sword is more of like your retribution paladin um so well let me take that back i hope it plays like how i wanted the retribution paladin play yeah not how it ended up playing <clears throat> um just something that isn't laughable dps um and i think that's probably like where i would I would want to go is I'd want every combination to have some sort of relevance and every role to have some sort of relevance. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I feel like you're not going to be successful in terms of like, uh, I guess in terms of executing good class design, because every class is going to need some love. You want to hear something funny? I've been looking at this whole podcast. Thank you, Alfina, for telling me. It ain't the end of the damn month yet. This is what happens when I live stream and literally spend all my free time working on book stuff is my sense of time is gone. We got at least one more podcast episode before we actually do the next dev stream. So don't worry. I'll be reminding you all about the damn thing again next week. But hey, you got a week from tomorrow to get your questions in. Dear Lord, I'm cracking. Not normally on Wednesday, so. Nah, it's not. I thought it would be this Friday, actually, but it's fine. But anyway, Armored Cell, any thoughts for you as well? Um, hmm. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that they get the these archetypes feel like the archetypes, you know what I mean? Like, to, so you're not sort of blending the two, where, like, one class doesn't really feel, like, we've talked about, um, not synergy, but, like, the class um, feeling like it's class, like a tank feeling like a tank, a fighter feeling like a fighter, and not a fighter feeling like an off tank. Like they, they need to have their own, I don't know what, how they describe it, their own identity, right? Oh, like yeah. I need to, I, I asked them last time and they didn't answer my questions. We're going to probably ask them again this month. I just wanted um, Stephen to uh, um, answer what he thinks each class and what the identity is and what he sees them as to give us a better idea of what the what he sees as a bard or what he sees as a summoner, like what what their class identity is. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like that would be a really good conversation for the Intrepid team to kind of like, I don't know, maybe like make a discussion around. Like their approach to okay let's say that they're not actually going to show us anything with these other archetypes that we have yet to see for a while still that would be a really look they've had they've had the devs get on there and have some pretty good like discussions around how they're building some of the archetypes that we've got at the end of the year we've gotten them on different dev streams where they've like had them there along for the ride yeah the mage was a good example of that i mean man it would be a good live stream like if you're not going to be uh, necessarily like sharing the archetype just yet that'd be a real nice like you know stepping stone i think because then you could get more feedback around the devs and their like ideas of building archetypes etc we got a little bit of it at the end of last year but i think like they could dedicate a whole live stream to this go round table like bring in devs like sit down and like just you know, smash it, man. Just like talk about it, share it, and get a really good snapshot of what 
the developers have in mind for how their approach to, to building yeah. these archetypes so and classes are. In one of the previous streams, like there was a, I can't remember what the, the, um, the developers were, but they, they were talking about how he was really keen on the um, the Bard and how and, the, and how that was going to um, be implemented this year. Like that was, I think that was at the Christmas stream um, when they did like all the, all the talks about um, between each group. Yep. Yep. So, that was the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why I'm really hoping like we can talk to him a bit more. Like what, what do you, do you think the Bard should be? Because he's really passionate about the Bard, right? So I'd really like to see his view on what that should be. Yeah, like, I think that's a good, like, good point. People who are designing that club, that archetype, it would be really good to hear what their view is on that archetype. Because like, for example, some of them, are you summoning just a random mob each time? Or have you actually named this mob and it levels up with you as, as you go along? Like, think of like, is it like a normal summoner or is it, are you a Pokemon trainer where you got like a different summon and it evolves with you? Like, we don't know. These are the questions that we would like to know because we don't really know what the identity of that class is or the class archetype is. I mean, I think that's yeah, a good... They, we uh, got a little bit early on in Kickstarter, but not mm -hmm. nearly enough detail. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that would be a great, like, yeah. not dev discussion, but, like, almost like a blog article where they could go, like, of the classes they've shown so far, and they've showcased abilities. <laughs> like, when they get them to a point where they're kind of ready for Alpha 2, I would <sighs> love to see, like, a article on each of the archetypes. All right, like, somebody in chat said, so does... Giga was like, so to summarize, I want to play... <laughs> I was like, oh god, dude! Definitely, it's, it, it's like it, it's like heartwarming, but also like you feel a little bit like you're being trolled to be the get the guy doing this, and you got someone wearing your shirt. It feels good. I want to play, but then you you look and in the background you got you looking back at you, but you're wearing face paint from the twenty four hour thing and all this stuff, and it's like. I gotta say one thing though, we gotta give it up to Armor Cell for doing the the mages like orb the way it ought to be done the background up there on my shelf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, should be uh, yeah. I do. I want to play. I want to play. It'd be nice. I, but I agree, man. I'm definitely play. on board with both of y'all. I, I think that would be a great, like, just a really good, like, development, like, showcase and, like, discussion to, to sit the devs down and just, like, really get into that. Because you're right. We didn't get that since Kickstarter. And, and we know it's changed a lot since then. You don't even have the same people there now. You have some, but not a lot. You don't have Jeff there anymore, right? Yeah. And he had a he had a perspective that real talk, like, and this is no disrespect at all. It, the way that he was looking at doing it clearly is not the way they're doing it now, to a degree. Some of it's still there, like the ideas of like diminishing returns, no stun locking. That's part of their like idea, right? They want to build it. They want it to be meaningful from the beginning, right? It's easier to go back and like. To reiterate upon something as long as they build it right to begin with like that's still there but there was an approach to like developing these characters that clearly changed because they've been reworking them um well, you, you know you, you don't remember like jeff did feel like a, a uh, like a big pillar in the, in the uh, yeah. community like everyone liked jeff sure yeah he's on a bit of things now but like i really wish he stayed i know yeah. you know, i know he wanted to follow his career but I really liked his attitude and the way he um, presented the get like the. He had a great background too. He did, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been interesting to see him still on board with a lot of these new developers too, because it would have been interesting to see like 
maybe how their development would have gone. But I'm still with you guys. I think it would be a great conversation for Intrepid to, to like, you know, talk about to showcase. And, and don't worry, next week when we do our podcast, we'll be doing something completely different from dev discussion because the dev discussion will happen after that one. So I guess you'll have to tune in next time to see what the hell we're going to be talking about. Uh, I think it'll be rant worthy, probably a little lulls. We'll have to wait and see. I want to play, but gentlemen, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? I want to play. <laughs> right. All right. Play some after this. There you go, man. Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be carrying on afterwards. Stick around if you like all the gents, uh, data is right there in chat. Much love to you too. Thank you for joining me as always. It's always a good time. Everybody, uh, Look, we might, we might, uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let you guys shout out your domains where, you, where people can find you. They're linking it in chat, but if you're catching it in audio format, listen, to these guys are going to tell you where to find them. All right. You can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Ashen Herald. You can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Amatel. Yeah. You got to check him out. He's been doing some rust streams, uh, lately and I caught one this this week yeah. or whatever which was pretty interesting to look at because that game's come a long way since the last time i was on it but yeah definitely tune in oh. he's got he's got the he's got the goods on and your base is like built like crazy dude by the way yeah i'm part of the autom i'm doing all the automation for that so nice it's making sure everything's uh locked and loaded zombies and kits ready to go zombies last time yeah i remember that too it, i haven't played rust in a long time like i've been low-key contemplating like I was talking to, to you about this when I was on your stream too, but I was like, I feel like I need to, I need to get a period of time, like one week, you know, or whatever, where I just, I'm like, that's the main game. That's all I'm going to play when I go live or when I'm playing and just make it a thing to where like, I can play it in a dedicated way. Cause I don't think you can play rust and play it without playing it more dedicated. If you're playing with people at Unless you're playing like a 2x or something yeah right yeah so so anyway catch these guys definitely go check them out um and uh remember too that you don't have to be on this podcast to be an ashes pathfinder damn it it's literally every one of you who is a part of this journey that we're on together pathfinding our way through this ashes stuff and things until the game is actually here because we all want to play but whether you watch on YouTube, whether you listen to it in the podcast form, whatever the case may be, or you catch us live, which is definitely the best way, remember that you two are an Ashes Pathfinder. So much love to all of you, to Intrepid Studios. And until next week, friends, live your best lives, walk in the light, have a great night. We're going to catch up with you again real soon. Bye for now, everybody. Take care, everybody. Adios.